Good afternoon, everyone in the UK, and I'm going to say a good morning to Mr. Ian Morgan as he is in a sunny tropical Cancun, Mexico, which I'm very jealous about. So hello to you, Ian. How are you doing, brother? Hey, Will. Uh, thanks for the introduction and uh, good to catch up with you again. I'm, I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, I would like to say sunny Mexico today, but it's, it's actually a little cloudy today, man. Okay, well, you've got some of the UK weather with you, but uh, still looking very glowing and handsome as usual. Um, Thanks, brother. The way me and Ian actually met was, and this is what I love so much about the running community in general, it was when I was recently doing my 12 marathons of Christmas. Didn't know a guy of such prestige and sort of pro running would turn up, and all of a sudden I'm sharing a loop of Hyde Park with this guy. And... Like most runners, we have we have a talk, we have a yarn, and yeah, just just even in those brief moments with him, it was it was hugely valuable that he was there sharing the path with me. And I've been waiting to take a deep dive into Ian Morgan, what makes him tick, how he got to where he is for a long time. So I feel very blessed that he's with me today, and we get to do it live with other people. So yeah, couldn't be better. What we're going to go over today is how Ian got into the world he is from sort of a business background. Um, and really, he is an inspiration that at any point in your life, you can choose or change your path and become great at, at anything you want. So I'm looking forward to getting into this. And I suppose we're going to start this off with what was your life like before running? Uh, what's the scoop on Ian Morgan, the background? And yeah, let's see. Okay. Um, yeah, good, good question and interesting. Um, before I got into running, um, I was in engineering. Uh, I was a manager of staff wearing a, a suit and tie, believe it or not. Uh, I was a property investor for quite a number of years. I was a licensed trader, uh, like in commercial stuff, I, I, all sorts of different jobs and um, uh, things that I'd tried. I'd always been doing like trying different things, things that interested me. However, I was not looking after my health at all in a lot of that time. Uh, I drank way too much. I ate way too much. And I just didn't do any exercise at all. I mean, I, I have made the comment before, I think in my post that uh, most exercise I did was getting off the couch, going to the fridge to get another beer or, you know, get some food. Um, that was my workout. Uh, the only six pack I had in those days was a uh, six pack of beers. So yeah, that, that's sort of like the background there. Cause a lot of people assume that I had some kind of background in, in sports or I, I was like, um, mm -hmm. you know, have been doing this for a long time, but the reality is, uh, this journey only started, I think six or seven years ago now. Unbelievable to have accelerated so quickly uh, into a new life and, and made it your own. And you've been to many amazing places in the world. Um, did you have a particular epiphany or was there, was there a light bulb moment that all of a sudden clicked in your head and you're like, I need to kind of get out of this corporate, corporate lifestyle. I want to see things. I want to stop getting six packs of beers and start having a six pack on my torso instead. Was there, was there a particular moment that made that happen? Yeah, actually, uh, there was. I was sitting on the couch watching TV, uh, and I, I can't even remember this show, but I was just incredibly unhappy with 
not not the like the people in my life or anything like that, but with myself. And I was under a lot of stress at the time. We were mm. dealing with a whole lot of earthquake-related um, issues, like years on from when we had an earthquake, and we'll get to that later in the story probably. Um, a lot of issues with, with court cases, dealing with insurance, etc. There were a lot of business issues going on at the time around that. And I was just super unhappy. So I was sitting on the couch, not even watching the TV, drinking a beer. And then I thought, when was I last, really last happy? Um, I thought when I was a kid, I used to live near some hills and I used to run a lot in the hills in the day, just like not, not running as in training, but just playing, I guess. And I thought, man, that, that just, mm -hmm. just sort of came over me as that moment was like, I felt good. And I thought, I just had this kind of like, I've likened it before to be being hit in the basketball court, I guess, in the English version of cricket bat. But um, it was like a, a moment <laughs> of like clarity. And I said, I, I got to put this beer down and, and go for a run. And, and I was wearing like jeans and like a, like a polo shirt or something. And some, I don't know, just some not running shoes because I didn't run. And I, I just went out the door and ran. And I ran, I think, about a mile, maybe not even that. And I just about died. I was sweating. I was sore. Uh, I think I got blisters. I, just, it's, it, it sounds like it's, it, it's like a Hollywood thing or something, but it's actually what happened. It just was an overwhelming desire to run. I can't explain it. Um, so, so I, I like, um, I did that. I came back and I was like covered in sweat and I was sore. And I said, um, right, this is it. This is the thing. This is somehow I'm meant to do this. And I, I don't know why. I just felt it was the right thing to do. And what followed from that moment was probably six and months to one year of absolute hell. <laughs> talk us through the hell. Was that just because you were getting into running or was, was that outside, outside things? I think it was a combination. I, I used running to probably uh, deal with the stress of, of uh, the situation I was in. I, I was also going through like a separation at the time, divorce, ended in divorce. Uh, so there was a lot of stuff going on, but the running was more, um, uh, not just a coping mechanism, but a way to find something that was mine, that, that, that wasn't uh, related to outside factors and influences. It was something that, where it was my time, I could like, it was almost meditative in a sense. And the sense of the hell was like, I, I think I got injured, you know, I felt like every second week. I mean, I, my running form was terrible. I was overweight, I, I was unfit. You know, watch some YouTube videos on on how to run, but I, I knew nothing, um, and and it was mm. a, a steep learning curve. Um, in fact, until I joined a local running group, I think probably I think towards the end of that first year, um, or might have, might even been the next year, I, I really was just like taking stabs in the dark. So anyone that's out there that says it's hard at the start and it's tough, I. I can totally relate to it. I, I think I spent more time at the physio and the doctors and getting sports massages and straightened out than ever in the rest of my running um, life in the, you know, the following um, five or six years. Well, that's, it's a very powerful thing because I've, people I've actually met and spoke to in sort of the ultra world and the running world in general, there often seems to be 
a central point of be it pain, tragedy, stress, something that isn't right within their life. And running is an incredible vehicle that helps us to come out of that. And like you said, have something that's totally your own. It's it's your own time. If you're running on your own, that is obviously when you're within a group, then I think you kind of, you get, you get the vibe from everyone else and you, it instantly makes you happy because you have the physiological side of it with the endorphins flow. But back to running solo, there is, there is a power that you take back within your life where things might be going wrong that you can have as, as your own time and kind of deal with it. And as you said, it kind of became your therapy and that there, that speaks very much uh, in exactly the same. You just, you just go out and start doing it. There's no, there's no magic way. You don't have to have, um, you don't have to have a super elaborate plan. Uh, taking that first step is the hardest thing. And it's incredible that from doing that first mile, as you say, in probably your jeans and your, in your boots, coming back and being in pain but you you noticed that this is something you needed to do and you stuck at it and that's a, an incredible an incredible thing of perseverance especially how you got to where you are now so naturally that leads on to you've you've got into you've got into running you're still in Christchurch I believe uh, when did you yes. first start entering races how did that come about and what ones were you doing Okay. Uh, yeah. So still in Christchurch, New Zealand started with like five and 10 K park runs, I guess. Uh, I think that's what you call them in the UK. And then yeah, progressed to half, half global. Yeah. The park run thing has become, I, th I don't think at the time they had, they had it in New Zealand, but they had a, a similar concept, I think, a five K 10 K series. Um, and then I started into the half marathons. Um, that was good because I sometimes traveled out of town to do that to some of the smaller like um, uh, cities uh, around New Zealand, uh, Wellington, etc. And then I moved on to the marathon distance. And about the same time I moved on to marathons, I started doing trail races as well, just shorter ones to start with, like 20K, 25K sort of distance. So what's that, about 13? 13, 14 miles, um, 16 miles. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just moved on to those around New Zealand, mostly around the South Island um, and around Christchurch. Very soon I figured out um, I love the trails and the hills and the mountains more than the road and, and kind of moved more into that side of things. What, what was your time scale on from maybe doing your first half marathon what what did that look like for you hmm. i i believe it was about a year in so after that first year that was quite hard that's when i moved into the half yeah. marathon and I, I think it wasn't and obviously everyone's time is different but I, I think it was like in the one 140s 148 something like this Still particularly fast at the time um but it's, you know, for a first attempt, it was mainly just, just getting through the distance. And I remember the race because it rained and it was some, um, the road had flooded to run through the wild. This is like insane. We're like running in the rain. And when we have to run across, like a, the river had come over the road. So it was like, I don't know, ankle deep. So it was like, I think that was kind of what led me to ultras too. I, I liked the, because it was more extreme, uh, not really extreme, but you know, at that time it was for me. It felt, mm. it was good. It was more of a challenge. Love to hear it. And so, so you're running your half marathons. There's one particular event I wanted to get into. 
and that was the Queensland Marathon. Um, I'm yes. not going to I'm not going to say what I know about it. I'd prefer you go in and just, just let us know what happened. What happened there? Okay. Uh, yeah, that was what 2015. Now, so. I wasn't feeling so good before the race and I thought, well, okay, this happens. Maybe I've got a bug or something. So I um, said, I'm going to start, got to the start line, got moving and about five kilometers in, I thought, I just feel super bad. Uh, it's like, I thought I had like, um, maybe like a, a cold coming on or a flu, but, but not with the congestion, just feeling bad, like a stomach bug, probably more. Um, then I couldn't breathe very well. I started to get a pain in my shoulder and I thought, this is not right. Anyway, so as runners do, I kept going. That's thinking it'll, it'll clear, it'll come right, you know. Um, got progressively harder throughout the race. And I think I got to about 20, about the half marathon point, 21, 22 Ks. And my pace had just dropped right off. I couldn't breathe properly. The pain in my shoulder was really bad. And I remember running over to the uh, aid station, uh, they had the drinks, uh, someone was waving at me and I, I was like, couldn't really like focus so well on it. Um, like the race, I was thinking, oh, I'm okay. I'm just like struggling. Uh, so I ran up to the person that was waving at the aid station and they said, you're, you're like gone, like a strange color. You're like gray or like a super weird color and you're stumbling uh, along the road. Are you okay? And then I, I just collapsed. And, um, uh, I remember like, uh, waking up. I don't know. I think they said like a couple of minutes um, later and um, they had like uh, the, the girl, the first aid girl said, oh, sorry, there's a car alarm going off outside. It's all good. Carry uh, on. The girl said, uh, there's a, um, yeah, there, uh, we, we can't find your pulse. Your pulse is like, we're trying to find or some, someone talking like this or something about, they can't find a pulse. Call the ambulance. And, and, and I sort of said, well, no, I'm here, you know, uh, I was like, set up and she said, oh, we, it's like for a minute there, we couldn't find, you know, uh, your, th your pulse, but you're, you seem to be okay. Now I said, yeah, I just like want some water. So, um, they gave me some water and luckily there was an ambulance about, um, a mile up the road and that, that turned up at that point and they hooked up some, um, like monitors and stuff to me and they said, okay, so he's collapsed. He's just color. My, my heartbeat was like, crazy all over the place like irregular and just they said this is like super bad um they wheeled out the stretcher and i was like no look being a runner i was like no i just need some water and i sit down and i like and they said, we're pulling you from the race so that's my my first and only dnf at this point um so they threw me on the stretcher hooked me up in the ambulance and the the um the um uh, i don't know what they call them the, the ambulance technician people they um they said, um, oh, I'm crew, sorry. They said, uh, yeah, we think there's something wrong with your heart. So we're like, they put the sirens on and zoom through to the local hospital, hooked me up to a whole lot of machines, did some tests. And they said, yeah, we, we uh, believe that you've had like a, something's gone wrong with your heart. They call it a heart event uh, in New Zealand. So they said, we, we believe you've had a heart event or the tests show it, but the cardiac unit, this was a local hospital um, that dealt with mainly like broken bones and, you know, this kind of thing. So they monitored me there for a bit and they threw me in an ambulance and then they drove me a few hundred kilometers to Dunedin cardiac unit where they did uh, angio, I think they call them angioplasty and they found 
and um, that I had uh, the two left arteries in my heart were um, like blocked or mostly blocked. Uh, I think they say 70% or more, and they thought there was a clot in the one that had uh, caused the issue. So they said, oh, you got like super bad, these two arteries, it's like, like, um, and they said, is there a family history of heart disease? I said, yeah, my, both my parents have had heart problems, but all my grandparents, I never actually met them because uh, they had heart attacks and died super young. Um, and, and also, let's not take it away from just the genetic thing. I had a, remember, I'd had years of bad diet and bad lifestyle and stress. So, you know, um, but the doctor said, yeah, so we believe that's like, it does tend to run in families, it is genetic. So uh, we really think that's like it for the long distance running career, you're gonna need to manage this and, and it's like, you know, short jogs three times a week, etc. So yeah, that was uh wow, yeah. that was a wake up call. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in this in this moment you have your doctors telling you know what what you often find is the people around you that love you the most want to keep you safe and want to keep you well and might also agree with the professionals that you need to calm down, you need to, you need to stop what you're doing. So I noticed I think it was yesterday you went and picked up a very special lady in your yeah. life. So yesterday went to the airport and um, someone is now joining us here live in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing? Hello, how are Hi, you? Hi friend, how are you? Yeah, great, thanks. Great to see you and great to meet you. And so you're in the, are you in the ultra world as well, Fran? Because I've seen, well, from that beautiful video, you seem to be running a lot together. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am, I am. Yeah. Come back, yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. Come on. Oh, you can see. Okay. We'll sit here. Okay. Useful. So, how did you guys? How did you guys meet? Was it through running? Was it through running itself? Actually. Um, yeah, it's on Instagram. <laughs> in, in Instagram, actually, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, we were running. Yeah, and we used the same brand of shoes at yeah. the moment. Hokers. Yeah. yeah. So we started talking in Instagram. Yeah, it, it started with like uh, just chatting in, in um, DMs and just talking about shoes and traveling and races. Races. And I think Fran said you have to come to like check out this race in, um, in, Chile? in Chile? South of Chile. South of Chile. Um, super beautiful in Patagonia. And I said, okay. And she said, I, I will invite you and you can come to, to Chile. So, yeah. Unbelievable. Sorry. I love to hear it, and that support that support network you give each other is 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 so powerful in a world where, with social media, you find sometimes that we are restricted because everything is attainable. Everyone's attainable. You think someone's talking to someone else, but having having that support structure and such an amazing amazing experience on social media that brought you together is is hugely powerful. And it there's a, there's a lot of noise out there, so to hear a positive story is yeah really incredible um and on that note sort of just for me the people i love to surround myself with and take notes of in a world with so much irrelevant noise is the ones that have started out with maybe a negative scenario or situation and use it to power their greatness and this is this is really aimed at um aimed at you guys especially you in coming coming from your background so firstly on my behalf i wanted to thank you for all you do but for anyone else there that might be struggling with something or trying to take that first step, what would your advice be? And I'm going to put that to both of you. 
Okay, I'll, I'll start then, shall okay. I? Okay. So yeah, I mean, we all have struggles and, and problems. And I, I think what you see on Instagram is we show like the 5% of the good side of our lives. You know, it's beautiful. You'll see some pics probably later today in this post and I'm like running on a beach and it's nice and there's palm trees in the background. The reality is, is, you know, we all have struggles, we're all human things um, go up and down for us. And especially during these times, however, keeping it, being grateful for what you have, whatever that is, and keeping it in the day. So you can only deal with the situations that you're dealing with in the day you're in. Um, eat well, get enough sleep, keep moving, be active in some way. It doesn't have to be running. Could just be dancing or going on your bike or going for a swim. But I think bringing life back to its simple, basic things, um, things you um, find joy and, in. And I think it's be positive with the things that you have, like try to be happy with the things that you have in this moment. I think it's really important and share like positivity to all the people. Try to encourage others. I think it helps a lot. You know, it's like try to help other people help you too at the same time. Because you have a women's group, don't yeah, you? Friend? Yeah, I have a women's group. I have a trekking group. So I encourage women to do outdoors activities and to I take them to, to the hills. To, to show them that they can do something for them. So it has been a huge part for me this year. And I help, I try to help lots, lots of women this year in this group. It has been really awesome for me. Friends being really modest is, is really successful. Uh, what's the name of the Instagram, Friends? Mujeres al Cerro. It's called in, in Spanish, it's Women to the Hills. Yeah. Yeah, it has been a huge thing, yeah. Love to hear it. And is is the thing, when you have a community around what you're doing, it lifts you up and helps you helps you to pull the positives from everyone else. If someone else is feeling down or someone else doesn't want to do anything, if you have those people around you that surround you with, with positivity and maybe when you're having that down day and you're like, oh, I really don't want to do it today, they'll be able to step in and be like, no, no, we're going to get off. It and you're going to feel better afterwards and that's something I have seen through following in not just meeting Ian in real life but um, following him on Instagram I think he embodies the saying carpe diem seize the day because every day I see him out there running to running to get his coffee or whatever but you're such you're such a, sh a shining light and it's inspirational not just not just for people running but for people that are kind of stuck in any kind of rut so I wanted to thank you for that personally and for everyone else everyone should definitely go and follow you on instagram that is ian morgan um what have you got coming up well what are the uh, races you got coming up i believe i will be doing well i'm doing a 50k virtual this this weekend that i think you're involved in so let's talk through what's going on in your okay um yeah this is this is once again uh this year is hard to say for definite because there's races that we we have to do or want to do, but at this stage, it's, it's difficult to confirm anything um, in regards to whether they'll go ahead. Uh, hopefully the first race is in the end of February in Spain, um, Trans Grand Canaria. Um, and then I think you're one in Patagonia, Patagonia yeah, in Argentina. Then um, we have some Ultra X ones, which are UK based company um, in, I, Possibly Scotland, yeah, in May. 
Yeah, Slovenia in June. Um, we have a 250k stage race. Then, um, ooh, I'm not sure, Mexico, Mexico mm -hmm. is in the Copper Canyons with the Taramadas. And possibly there's one in Romania uh, around Dracula's Castle, another 250k, but I, I don't know yet, uh, waiting to hear. So I will be posting a schedule in a few weeks that will be um, like a loose guide say what, what we're doing. Um, also, I think things will come up, possibly Labrador Ultra Trail in Italy as well, um, so. in the middle of the year, yeah. But at this stage, um, it's just about putting in the work, continue the training, um, keep, keep um, staying fit, getting active, and like working towards these goals, yeah. So there's one, there's one thing I wanted to know as well that's probably valuable for people. If, if people are stuck in something they don't want to be in, how did you, how did you make that transition from, from businessman to athlete? Obviously, we know, we know the training involved, but was it, was it a, leap, a leap of faith? Was it, I'm going to trust myself to, to do this process? And did you actually think that this, would, this was going to be your endpoint or, sorry, your journey that you're currently on now because you sure as shit are not finished? <laughs> Great question, Will. Um, actually, I think for both of us, this has been a leap of faith. Uh, I just said, I just want to do this. And I didn't have a plan to make money from it. I didn't have a plan to create a, a lifestyle around it. It was just, I just want to go and run and I want to go see the world. And I think I've, I've made a lot of mistakes on the way, but I've learned, I've made them and, and kind of ended up here. I mean, it's how Fran and I met was, was a similar situation. It was just random chance more than anything. And Fran did the same. She quit her job, a, a really good job. She was a principal of a school. <laughs> yeah, principal of a private school. Yeah. And she gave it all away to go and travel and run around the world too. So it, it's a lot of it is just a leap of faith of, of believing in yourself and what you want to do because you're passionate. And even when things don't work the way you expect, I mean, we've, you know, been through this global pandemic like everyone else and, and we're still in it. It's to like not give up because it's not always going to be just work the way you want or the way you expect, but it's to go with the flow, accept that it's life and it happens and then look for the, the positives in it. What can you learn from it? What can you do to keep growing and keep moving forward? And I think if you focus on what you can do and, and which is usually just control your emotions, do some meditation, go for a run, and don't worry about what the world's doing or what's happening. You can, you know, you'll be okay. Mm. I heard Tony Robbins say, well, he probably said this a long time ago, say something the other day where everything is a problem until there is a bigger problem. So that kind of likens itself to understanding that bad things are going to happen. But if you, if you take a step back from it all and see what the actual problem is, there are far worse things that can be happening. So taking what you do have and making the most of it is an incredibly powerful, powerful lesson to learn. So thank you for that. And the next question, I mean this with the utmost respect because you are an older athlete or in terms of what most of the Western world sees, teenagers and 20-somethings kicking a ball round a, round a pitch. So as a, in quotation marks, older athlete, because you would absolutely wipe the floor with me if we went running anywhere, and I'm supposed to be the young guy. Um, what do you do to recover, and how, how do you maximize that and still be able to go out the next day and do do what you do? Um, yeah, good point. Um, a lot of it comes down to just getting enough rest, drinking enough water, um, eating like 
I would say mostly fresh fruits, but um, I, I think Fran would laugh because she knows I eat a lot of chocolate, like dark chocolate. Um, uh, like I, I use like massage, obviously. Um, I use, um, got some cool new products. I've been using the um, Pure Sports CBD products, super good. Um, I can totally recommend the, the oil for sleep and the balm. Um, mm. And, you know, it's, it's like adding those things to get, yeah, Pure Sport CBD. Um, I'm actually loving the oil now. I've been using that um, each night, and it's really good. And the balm. Actually, uh, Fran had her first um, Achilles massage with the balm last night. and That's great. Yeah, know. it's good stuff, actually. So it's, it's about, like, having a routine of, like, you know, you finish a run, you, you get some, um, some good food into your... You get some rest, you get some maybe some massage, maybe use a massage gun um, or, or whatever, things a foam roller, massage ball, or even get like a sports massage later in the day. Um, and because I do it is like full time, I have the uh, flexibility to go and have a nap. Um, I'm actually a, 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 fa a fan of naps. Um, you know, if I've had a big workout, maybe I've had like five or six hours in the mountains training, it's like, go back, eat, have a, have a nap for an hour, um, and, you know, then get on with what I've got to do next. It's listening to your body, understanding what you need, and uh, working on that. And certainly diet helps a lot. Yes, I still do eat the odd hamburger um, and cake, but most of the time it's like, you know, the things that are, that are going to feed and fuel me. Well, it does make sense if you're, um, if you're out there that long. A lot of people will ask you, because you're in such good shape, I've... I've seen the rig in. It's, it's outrageous. Um, I've failed to understand is if you're out there running so long, uh, you do need the calories. So while yeah. they might see you eating cake from time to time, um, that's that's really not a lot because you are so active. So yeah, it totally makes sense to me. Um, another thing I wanted to know with your with your life experience and everything everything you've done, was there if there was anything you could tell an 18 version of Ian Morgan? what you could tell an 18 year old version of ian morgan what would you what would you tell what would you tell yeah you know this I, i've been asked this one a few times and i think we can all sort of say well there's points in our lives that we can look back on and say oh man i could have handled that a lot better um actually i still do that uh looking back at 2020 oh yeah <laughs> i made some pearlers um i think if i i could i would say just just do it the way you're doing it now because it, it got me to here. Um, if I changed something, maybe I would have stayed in a job. Maybe I wouldn't have met Fran. Maybe, you know, a lot of different things. I mean, I, I had kids super young. I, I got married super young. Um, I, I, don't, I think I would need a book to write the amount of things I would have to go back and change to, to lead me to a life that would be so-called... Um, you know what people would say well that's a really good life but this is a really good life it's it's not what you have now it's what you make of what you have now and i think for me personally i love where i am now i love uh, who i'm with uh, the people around me the people that i love and that's that's all it is it's led me to here so if i i don't want to change that because i love this that is an answer i love to hear as well because things can go wrong shit can happen it can hit the fan um but you've got to where you are and you've got a big smile on your face. So 
yeah there's there's power in not trying to change things that have happened because you're happy happy where you are now and there's obviously a lot of lessons to learn and you mentioning a book is something that i was trying to press you to do because i would i would like you to write a book is that something you would thought about you've considered have you got anything written down anywhere yes yes i'm actually working on it at the moment i've been working on it for more seriously for like the last six months um it's more i as I travel, I, I just like write in a journal or in my iPad on the plane, just a collection of anecdotes or stories from the places I've been, what I've done, who I've met, and just sort of bringing that together into a, into, there's probably going to be a few books in it, but um, it's more, most, what most people want to know is, okay, here's point A, you're sitting on the couch, you're not a runner, mm. and now you're here. So what, what's this bit in the middle? That's the question most people ask. Um, because I think I'm not going to write a book on diet or exercise because I'm not an expert in either. I'm not a qualified dietitian. I'm not a, um, a coach. Uh, I don't have any qualifications in these areas. I do use a coach and I have used dietitians before, however, to help me. So, the, yeah, I'm writing a book about that. Like, basically, here's point A and here's where I am now and this is my journey. It's not... It's not an answer. It's just a story about how I got from here to here. Um, yeah, and I, I, I hope it's it's going to be something that people will want to see because it's it's just sharing my experiences more than anything and something to read and I don't know put on the coffee table. Yeah, you've got a pre-order from me already. So I'll be buying it. And just some some quick fire questions to wrap this up. See if you can send any knowledge bombs people's way. Um, what is your favorite quote you've heard or one you try and live by? Hmm. Yeah, we, we did this and, you know, um, I get asked this a lot and I look at all the quotes and I do a lot in um, social media. But one of my favorites, I think, would be your second life begins when you realize you only have one life. And it's like we all think we're going to live forever. We all think we've got all the time in the world. But when you're faced with like uh, like the heart thing or, or having COVID uh, when I was in hospital with this, it's like you realize you only have a limited amount of time. And that's when they say um, your um, second life begins when you realize you only have one because you actually realize you don't get a second shot at this. This is it mm -hmm. right now. So you've got to make the most of today. So, yeah, that's one of my favorites. And you're living in freedom. You live living and breathing that so yeah a very powerful one next one what's the best book you've ever read you can give me more than one if you like wow yeah i mean one of my favorites recently has has been um um uh, i don't know if i can say this on air it's un f yourself and uh yeah the swear word you can yeah uh i really enjoyed it very short very simple Totally fine. We're all good here. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, to short book, very simple, very basic. <laughs> about all the things in your life that you, you're told, the how you're meant to fit in, what you learn in school, the processes. Basically, how to undo that programming and just be you and, and find what, you know, is your purpose, what you want to do, try different things and, and figure out and embrace who you are, no matter where you are. I really enjoyed that. I also really like um, from when I was a kid, and I've read them throughout my adult years too, the, the C.S. Lewis books, the Narnia books, 
just because I know they're kids' books, but they have like a lot of adult yeah. lessons about trying to do the right thing even when you don't want to, making mistakes and doing the wrong thing, and then trying to put it right. And there's like, I don't know, I, I just enjoy books that break down lessons into the, the simple things of being human. Um, but certainly, definitely go check out the Unf Yourself. That's a good one. Well, that's noted. I haven't read, read either of that. Well, I haven't read the Narnia books. I've, I've been a bit lazy as a kid. I'd watch them on a, on a videotape. So okay. I'll oh, okay. get back to that. And I will, I'm going to listen. I'm going to watch. Sorry. I'm going to read Unfuck Yourself. Yeah. And finally, this might be an obvious one, but, but yes, positive anyway. your hopes for the rest of this year. Okay. Well, I think it's, it's more for everyone out there. I, I hope you guys are doing okay. Like, I hope that you embrace the day that you're in and the situation you're in. I know that in the UK right now, you're doing it hard. Uh, I've just, you know, I was there um, a week or so ago and the lockdowns are tough. So all you guys that are struggling with like, whether it be work, family, training, um, or just like feeling just not in a good space. Um, there is hope. I hope you guys are okay. Uh, reach out and get the help you need. Even if you're not sure who to speak to, reach out to anyone. Um, you know, support each other. Be kind to each other during this time. We're all under a lot of stress. We all like have ideas about what's right and wrong and how things should be. But the reality is, this is how it is. So I think if we can like just be human more than anything. We're all in this together. Um, I think we're all, uh, someone gave me this analogy the other day about this current situation in the world with the pandemic is we're all in the same ocean. We're just all sailing in different boats. So we are, we're all human. We're all in the same place. We're all in the mm. storm, if you want to use that analogy together, but each of our boats looks different. So let's just all be kind to each other, guys. That's what I hope for in 2021. We can get through this as a group and also if you want to try to get some activity and it's super good in fact the pure sport run club has just started hasn't it man so hop onto strava yeah we have started the pure sport run club. that's that's a super good idea because to be part of a group or community even so, if you can't meet thanks for being a part of that and being a part of my run yeah exactly it, it, it makes a big difference just to like get into chats with people etc amazing well, Ian, I've taken up enough of your time. I could carry on this conversation for hours. We could talk about every single one of your races and I would tune in, but I'm just going to say thank you to you and thank you to Fran. Thank you to everyone that's listened. Um, and just a reminder that this whole series that we're putting together is still available to watch on Pure Sports CBD's Facebook page. This will be going on their YouTube channel and on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. So this will all be available to listen to, watch again. Uh, and again, thank you, Mr. Ian Morgan. I'm looking forward to racing with you or just going for a run with you or just catching up in general. So thank you to you guys. And we're going to say goodbye. And uh, you can say goodbye in Spanish if you'd like. <laughs> okay. I just want to thank you who joined us and tuned in. Thanks, Will. Thanks so much. Uh, it was good to meet you. You're an amazing guy and what you've done in your life. Um, go check out his Instagram. It's amazing. Um, and what you've been up to. And big thanks to Fran. Uh, that's Frankie Bar on Instagram for joining in and for supporting me um, through the ups and downs of this journey. Big love.
And that was that. Thank you very much, Mr. Ian Morgan. Woo!